Hi! Welcome to Obsessions of a Millennial Drama Queen, where every week a guest and I work our way through the alphabet talking about things we are obsessed with. I'm Adam Dalton Blake, and this week my friend Bridget Vega and I talked about how tea is for talk shows and late night. We chatted about the current roster of late night hosts, why we miss Craig Ferguson, and ultimately Kelly Clarkson and her belts. Make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at omdqpod, that's omdqpod, and let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Also, feel free to leave us a rating and review on anywhere you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Enjoy the show! Hi, Bridget! How you doing? Hello! I'm very excited. Ooh, this is going to be a great, a great little ditty to talk about because... I feel like you are the person that I know that has um, the same thing that I have, where you know a lot of things about a very specific tiny thing um, to spew out into the world. Yeah, and it's gotten me nowhere, but it's fun to know about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're talking about talk shows and late night today, the letter T. Um, but before we get into that, I always like to ask my guests and friends um, if they remember how we met and how we know each other. Now, Bridget, do you do you remember how we met? Yes. <laughs> I was very drunk mm-hmm. in West Hollywood, mm-hmm. as one is. <laughs> And I was there with all of my beautiful friends slash coworkers. Mm-hmm. And you you said that you never really met me that night because I was so intoxicated. <laughs> um, and then I threw up in a bag and a glissados. Mm-hmm. And you had to decipher my like me trying to tell you what my phone passcode was so that you yep. could get me a lift home. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> definitely a um a meet cute for the ages, I would say. Um and yeah, that that was a fun uh night at the beginning and then at the end it was just kind of a mess of It was of, great. It was great. It. Oh, it was lovely. But yeah, the the trying to get you to figure out uh your uh passcode was really funny because you have an eight digit passcode on your phone which me sober the longer I would, the better i know but me sober i would struggle with that so kudos to you thanks you're thanks for getting you're me welcome. home yeah you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> well and then well and then post that recently i feel like we've been hanging out so much um because we were like uh, coincidentally like in europe together at some point and we hung out in like paris and then we've kind of been getting into the habit of like seeing every single movie in the movie theaters together yeah we went to paris and you you would order cocktails and feed me ice cubes like a mama bird to <laughs> give her little baby yeah. i was so dehydrated the whole time and yeah it is funny we went to paris together i know i know I know. Yeah. And so the whole, the whole bit in Paris was that you were craving ice because you had done a little Europe uh, excursion before we all got to Paris and uh, you were just in an ice drought. Yes. And now that I'm home, I am just sucking it down 24 <laughs> seven. I am taking ice baths. I'm just, I'm putting it on my forehead. Like I've got a fever. I just, I'm so happy to be home with ice. You're ice ice baby. I get it. I get it. All right. So diving into our letter of the day. So T, we're talking about talk shows and late night. And this totally came of me being like, hey, Bridget, you're very funny. I like you a lot. 
um, what do you know a lot about? And your answer was talk or talk shows, but specifically late night in like the 2010s. <laughs> yeah, I'm very old school. I'm like an old dad. I miss the the golden age of late night in the 2010s. <laughs> so, can you briefly explain like what is it about like late night in specific or like that era that like that like drew you to wanting to know everything about that? Yeah, so I just have always loved Late Night. I started watching it when I was in sixth grade, which feels like mm-hmm. a little too young because they're kind of <laughs> adulty and they talk about current mm-hmm. events and I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I found Late Night with Conan O'Brien when I was 11. I don't know what year this is. This is before 2010. But <laughs> I just started watching Conan and really loved Conan. And then the 2010s were kind of a funny time because Conan was on late night for a long time and then was going to move to the tonight show on NBC, which is just like the time slot before late night was at 1235 and the tonight show was at 1135. So it's kind of a promotion, yeah. it's a bigger show. It's exciting for him. And it's exciting for me because it's just an hour earlier that I don't, you know, have to stay up later. Um, but in 2010, it was just like, it. this was the biggest news, like in the world, it felt, at least to me. Um, but Conan got The Tonight Show in 2010, and he had it for about eight or nine months. And then NBC wanted to bring Jay Leno, who was previously the host of The Tonight Show, they wanted to bring him back. And basically kick Conan back 30 minutes, which would just kind of destroy the legacy of these shows. And Conan Mm -hmm. said no and ended up leaving. And it was just like a very big, dramatic thing for somebody to leave such a big show after only nine months. You know, NBC didn't really give him give him a fighting chance. They just kind of said, we want our we want our old man Jay Leno back. (laughs) Um, And then, and it was just like, it was the first time I feel like I like got very invested in the internet because there were all, there was like this, the campaign was like, I'm with Coco, like I'm on Conan's side and I think it's wrong that NBC (sighs) did this. And it was just like a really cute, I mean, I was on Facebook groups, just like posting (laughs) photos of Conan. It was just, it was very, very, it feels very innocent and cute now, but it was Mm -hmm really serious and then Conan was off the air for a couple months and he went on tour and I like saw him live in Atlanta and then he went to cable he went to TBS which Mm -hmm. is just such a it felt like the first kind of like change from like the normal Mm -hmm. you know broadcast networks that most of the late night shows live on and then he went to cable and could just be a lot crazier and it was a good time it was a good time in 2010 <laughs> yeah that's that sounds like me um when like oscar nominations come out of like of like yes. what team i'm on and what politics are at play wait so is that the origin of team coco i never like understood where that came from so it's from it that is. like late night battle yeah, it's uh, it was one of I think it might have been the last episode, but he had um, Tom Hanks or Tom Hanks was a guest at the beginning of the Tonight Show, and Tom Hanks is the one who kind of like coined it. He just gave him this cute nickname of just like Coco, and it just like it stuck forever. And I I don't know how much they really liked it in the beginning, but people like it now. Yeah, the legacy of it. So you're you're a Conan girl. You're you're a diehard for I'm Conan. I'm a Conan girly. 
Yes, 100%. I have. You have what? Oh, what is that back there? I have a tiny, I brought him out for my <laughs> oh, a little fun, A little Funko Pop. <laughs> I will say um, that Funko Pop definitely um, encapsulates Conan's like frailty. Um, I feel like he's like very tall, thin, frail, redheaded white man. He really is. That's yeah. a that's who he is. <laughs> and hey, the, the Funko Pop head is maybe maybe to scale as well. Um, okay, so um, you're a late night girl. I think of myself as kind of daytime boy. I think it's because of the amount of women that are on daytime TV. Um, and I think my first like foray into like the talk show space was like the Tyra Banks show growing up because that was oh. like the first show that like I think was on when I got home from school and like if I didn't want to like immediately do my homework I would like pop on Tyra and it was an unhinged show of like Tyra Banks of of course like host of America's Next Top Model supermodel um just trying to tackle really hard things in like a daytime setting while also having like a Kmart fashion show. And so it was truly like a like a bipolar experience of like you have the 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 seriousness and the camp of it all. But all of it was camp and then all of that to happen from Tyra Banks who is like a crazy supermodel was like super unhinged and I was like First of all, I thought as a kid, I was like, oh, this is hard-hitting journalism. Looking back, ooh, ooh, it was it was really, really just trying to do something and trying to be bold. But nah, it was just a lot of camp. Oh, yeah. I never watched her. I never, when I would get home from school, I would watch Gilmore Girls and Friends. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I never got into, I mean, now I feel like I'll watch more, like, daytime but just like clips on youtube i'm not sitting down mm -hmm. at like 3 p.m to be like all right kelly clarkson i'm ready but i do like <laughs> them and it is it is yeah. interesting that like daytime is women and late night is predominantly men that's not fair i know it, it it's really weird and i think we'll talk about that um a little bit down the road here but um wait yeah so do you watch late night like live now or are you like just doing the clips it's mostly clips because i don't i couldn't tell you if we turned on the tv can i pull up nbc <laughs> i don't think so Can i don't I? think so we either don't have, <laughs> we don't have cables so no it's it's just the clips and i mean every now and then i'll like go on and like watch a full episode if i can if it's on youtube or if they're streaming but for the most part it's just clips which kind of makes me sad because i don't mm -hmm. Because, I mean, those shows were just created for people to come home, unwind at the end of the day, and, like, sit for an hour and just watch yeah. nonsense. And now it's – everything's a clip show. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like um, – but even with, like, SNL, too, of, like, it's just, like, all of the clips are on YouTube the next day. All of, like, the monologues from all these late-night shows are on, um, are on YouTube the next day. I – love late night talk shows specifically just because of the actresses they have on to talk about like the roles but my guess is that you 
more like like the monologue and like the writing of it all, right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think like the more that I watched, like when I started watching Conan, I didn't really understand the monologue because they were all just mm-hmm. like current events and I'm in middle school and they're yeah. talking about like Britney Spears and presidents and just things I didn't understand. But my favorite part were always the sketches, which mm-hmm. now I feel like has kind of turned into like a lot of shows don't do as many sketches, but they'll play like a lot of games now, which yeah. I think is still fun. But I, I've just, uh, the sketches just like, I'm just such a person who loves, <laughs> I love writers. And so a, a late night show, I mean, like every show is just made up of a bunch of writers, but I just think it's fun mm-hmm. that they have this weird, like, it's like monologue sketch interview and the musical guest, but there's just like this funny, like five minute chunk of time where, especially with Conan, they would just do the most wild ideas. And sometimes they didn't work, but sometimes they did, but it is just like, it's like the most bite-sized like SNL you know, sketch that you could think of. They just kind of throw it into these late night shows. And it's sometimes they're just so funny and so absurd. And that's what I would always get the most excited for. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, as a little kid, you were like gravitated to like Conan a hundred percent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think my, I mean, yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of late night, but recently I've kind of been re- introduced to craig ferguson in a big way um for Did those who don't the news wait okay what's the news i it was announced like two weeks ago but they filmed a pilot this is like through sony they they filmed a pilot for a show called channel surf channel surfing mm. with craig ferguson like I mean, they did it a while ago, but the news came out like two weeks ago and they're going to try to sell it to a network. So <gasps> our boy is back. Craig is back. And I'm really excited because I love Ugh. him. He's so amazing. So for those that don't know, Craig Ferguson was the host of the Late Late Show uh, right before James Corden. And he kind of held down that that helm for quite a bit like like a, a bunch a bunch of seasons and um it was a total i would say it's a complete 180 from what the late late show is now which like james corden i feel like kind of made the late late show um very similar to jimmy fallon to jimmy kimmel kind of like you play a game and there's an interview and everyone's on the couch um craig ferguson was what i can just call a fever dream of uh, comedy creativity where he just had this insane point of view where he just wanted to be silly um kind of like unscripted really and then um have like a robot skeleton sidekick named jeff peterson or yeah. like a um or like a dancing puppet horse that comes out um or like just all these like little bits and everything. He loved puppets like in a big way. Um, and it was just an unhinged show. But from what I've seen, specifically the actresses that go on it, they all say that it was their favorite show to go on because it was so like natural and real and just like super silly. Like Mila Kunis has stated that it's her favorite show. It was her favorite show of all time to be on. Yeah, I think unhinged is a really good way to put it. (laughs) And I think it's interesting, the like distinction between like the late, late show versus the late show and then the late, Mm -hmm. late night shows versus the tonight show. Those like later shows, like when they would 
actually air on TV at 1235, they were so wild. And it mm -hmm. I feel like Conan and Craig Ferguson did a really good job of just like putting on a show like for their audience and for their yeah. fans. And they I feel like they had this mentality that like we don't really know if anybody's watching. Like obviously <laughs> we had like Nielsen ratings and they knew who wasn't watching, but they were mm -hmm. just so fun. And I I don't think that most of the shows now are like that. They feel mm -hmm. much more structured and we're here to sell ads and we got to promote yeah. this movie. And I miss those unhinged days for sure. Oh, so good. Yeah. One of my favorite Craig Ferguson bits is that at the end of every interview, he asks the guests how they want to end the interview. And it's either you could do an awkward pause. You could guess what is in his box where he imagines something in his head in a box. And then Jeff Peterson, his robot sidekick knows, and the celebrity has to guess or, um, you can uh, do the mouth organ, which because he's Scottish mouth organ means uh, play our harmonica. Um, and so it's just so dumb and funny and like engaging and not just like, yeah, like you're saying, like go on, talk about two minutes of filming what it's like to transform into a role and then leave. Like it was just like, it was like a party. It was a fun time. I also remember his monologues. He, I felt like he would stand so close to the camera sometimes oh, yeah. or just like really mm -hmm. like get in your face. And it was just so fun. And nobody does that anymore. I know. I know. I also thought he was so hot. Whew. I, oh, it was yeah. that cutie accent, cutie. the hair. I thought he was a cutie, cutie, cutie pie. Craig so the yeah. Cutie. Craig the cutie. So he's my Conan. Um, so what I was thinking is that maybe we could go through the current late night roster, um, of like some of the heavy hitters here and I could get your take on, uh, what you think of each show and like what you like, what you don't like, who you think is hot, who you think is not like all of that stuff. <laughs> Very important. Very important. All right. So we'll start with, um, with one of the Jimmys. The fact that there are two Jimmys and one James is pretty ridiculous. Oh, man. Um, and so we're going to start with a one Miss, uh, one Miss Jimmy Kimmel. Miss Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Miss Kimmel Jimmy to Kimmel. me is like an uncle. I don't mm. know what it is, but the best way <laughs> I can describe him is like an uncle. And I think he's fun, but he was just never my favorite. I don't know if it's because it was like, because it's on Hollywood Boulevard, it like feels extra flashy and just very like by the book kind of mm -hmm. like he, I mean, he certainly had a lot of like fun bits and his like um, sidekick Guillermo, I think is really mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And I think that they do a really good job of like doing like the man on the street thing where they like interview people. And I feel like they do take some like kooky changes sometimes, but it's never my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like um, I never go to him when I want to watch a really interesting interview. Um, he's he's yeah. not the person I typically go to. All right. So yeah. on to the other Jimmy, Miss Jimifer Fallon. Um, what do we think? Ooh, we have a cringy smiley face. I don't dislike any of the hosts. Mm -hmm, yeah. They're all great. Any of them, please hire me. I, <laughs> I would love to work for all of you. But if I had to kind of rank them, 
I think that Jimmy Fallon is the one that I like go to the least out of mm-hmm. everyone. Kind of this a similar reason what you're saying with Jimmy Kimmel is he's not my favorite interviewer. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a really funny performer. I think he was great on SNL. But as an interviewer, it just never it never feels as genuine as some of the other hosts are. Mm-hmm. And everything is like sometimes it's too silly. Sometimes mm-hmm. everything feels like a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes I feel like I do like when hosts play games with celebrities, but I feel like Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show does it maybe too much. <laughs> yeah, put it on a game show, which I think they have done. I think there are so many celebrity game shows, but mm-hmm. it just takes away from like what I'm looking for in a late night show. I didn't come to watch them play Pictionary. I know, I know. That's what Jane Lynch is for for Celebrity Game Show. Exactly. We've already got yeah, that covered. We already got that. Um, what's so funny about Jimmy Fallon is that, so I grew up in Massachusetts and my only touch point for Jimmy Fallon growing up was that movie Fever Pitch. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like him and Drew Barrymore and he plays like a hardcore Red Sox fan, like right as they win the the World Series. Um and so that's my only window into Jimmy Fallon. So when he became like the host of this, me as a kid, I was like, what's that favorite pitch guy doing hosting a talk show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember him just like, I feel like he's like infamous for like when he was on SNL, he would break character a lot and it can yeah. be cute mm-hmm. and funny and to see the giggles, but it was like all the time. And I feel like as a host, he just like has continued to do that and i'm i mean i i feel like i've said this before to you but i'm like it takes a lot to like make me laugh out loud when i'm Mm -hmm. watching something like like i can watch something very stoic and like but i'll be like having a great time Mm -hmm. and so the fact that he is just always laughing out loud yeah it just doesn't do it for me yeah you have like the comedian's laugh where it's like if something's funny you stoically look at it and you're just like that's funny that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> very that. All right. So on to our other Jimmy James adjacent. So James Corden. Now, Jamie, Jamie Corden here has kind of gone through a bit of a 180 with like the public discourse recently. Um, but what do you think of his show? And then what do you think of like him? Well, as far as him... I would say that it's a bummer that I feel like his reputation in my eyes kind of like has tainted him as a host. When I, mm-hmm. I worked in COVID times, I worked at this like COVID testing company and a lot of people had like met him who were working there and mm-hmm. they all just hadn't really not kind things to say about him. Mm-hmm. And then when he's like in the news, it it just like really ruins my perspective and I can't separate the artist from the art in that situation um but i i did enjoy i feel like his show is similar to the graham norton show where exactly yep like all the guests and it can be really fun and it is nice to see something a little different from the normal but i guess i i feel like i only watch him when it's like oh i love this actor or actress and i like have to see what they have to say but maybe not my favorite interviewer yeah, I will say Graham Norton. I feel like is kind of the high priestess of like the late night interview here. 
oh my god, can he navigate like a couch of like f- like sometimes upwards of like five huge celebrities and just make it so fun? My god. I know. I do love him. Yeah. Ugh, it's so good. Um yeah, James Corden is someone who I only knew as an actor um because he won the Tony for One Man Two Governors. Um, and yet again, I was like, why is this actor getting a talk show? Uh, it doesn't really make a heck of a lot of sense to me. Um, and yeah, I only typically watch it if there's a good, um, a good, uh, actor or actress on it. Yeah, we're aligned there. So next is, is, I have to say out front, my favorite late night host on the air currently. And that is oh. Seth Meyers. I love Seth Meyer. I was hoping you were going to say that. I was like, we've got Seth and Stephen Colbert left, I feel. <laughs> I love Seth Meyers. I feel like yeah. Seth Meyers is very like underrated, understated. Mm-hmm. Again, he I adore him because he comes from like a writing background. Yep. He was a head writer on SNL for a while and did like a beautiful job with Weekend Update. Um, and I, he feels like the most, like you're sitting down with somebody at a restaurant, just like getting to know them. I think he's a wonderful interviewer and I, Mm. I really love him and I'm glad you love him too. Yeah. I like him because, um, yeah, you can sense the, um, the writing influence in not only obviously his monologue with his team of writers, but how he conducts an interview is really smart and, um, very like nuanced funny um which is really nice um i also think he's a cutie pie and then i'm also obsessed with how he highlights his writers in a big way like um specifically like his relationship with amber ruffin who um Uh, also has like a great talk show and um like their rapport and it's just so funny to see him like kind of champion other writers um and then he just gives a great interview. My God, yeah, I, 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 he's probably my favorite too. That's like on the air right now. Yeah. Also, that series of that that um, segment that they do of him getting day drunk with celebrities, so fun, so good. I want to do that. Want to get day drunk with him? I know. Who would you? Who, who would you want to get day drunk celebrity wise? Is it Conan O'Brien? Um. I don't take him for much of a drinker. I would have to say Pedro Pascal just because I continue to crush hard. Yeah. Yeah. You got us into The Last of Us um, because of your undenying love for Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah. He'd be a, fu- I feel like he'd be a real fun, a fun guy to go drink him with. Real fun. Yeah. Fine. I'll, I'll tag along, Bridget. Fine. I will. Okay. I guess. All right, and then our um, our last like main guy, and then we have two like cable guys for a niche audience, um, is Stephen Colbert. So, what you thinking of Mister Steve Steve? I do love Stephen Colbert. He's yeah. he's like I think he's like almost tied with Seth Meyers. I also like grew up loving the Colbert Report, mm-hmm. and so when he left and then was going to go to the late show I was very excited but it it definitely took me a while to kind of like get used to him not doing his character because the character that he did on the Colbert Report was just so fun so wonderful 
And then to just see him as like a regular guy having these normal conversations. It, <laughs> it's still when I watch him, I'm just like, oh, like you're so good, but you're also so good as that character. And, um, I I feel like he does a really good job of just being like this very like classic clean kind of host. Like mm-hmm. nothing is ever like so, so wild. It yeah. still kind of like plays into like the old school format, but I, I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, I think that Steven is really good at doing uh, political humor. Obviously, like, that was his, Mm -hmm. like, shtick with, like, the Colbert Report. Um, My favorite segment that Stephen Colbert has ever done um, is not necessarily because of him, but because of the person he's acting with. And it was whenever he had Laura Benanti on as Melania Trump. Um, oh my god yes. talk about some brilliant acting so Laura Benanti is a Broadway actress Tony Award winning actress um, who I've been obsessed with for years um, ever since her win really in 2008 for Gypsy um, and sh- she went on his show and was like oh if Donald Trump wins which that won't happen wah, wah, um I, I'll have a job because I can be a Melania Trump impersonator. And she does the face. Cut to Donald Trump winning and then Laura Benanti having a steady job of being a Melania impersonator for like four years. But she was noting that there's no um, way to recognize that. Like there's no award that you can get for like late night segment actress. Um, and I think she deserves an award for that. It's so good. Aw, yeah, that is true. I guess the closest is if they, like, could hire her as a writer or if they just, like, yeah. submitted a specific her episode with her. But, yeah, that is such a hard yeah. thing to get recognized for. Oh, but I love her so much. And I, like, frequently watch those clips just because they're so funny. And what I do love about Steven <laughs> also is that he's, like, a Broadway nerd at heart. Um, I feel like oh, he's yeah. always like trying to sing any, any chance he can get. He was in cool. the Hollywood, I believe the Hollywood Bowl uh, company of company, the musical as like a character. Um, he's like kind of like a theater nerd at heart, which, you know, is adorable. But yeah, kind of boxed um, into this little bow of like political commentator dad. Man, you know, I, I think I... I think Stephen Colbert is the hottest <gasps> on air right now. Ooh. I think I'm like, he's just got this like older kind of dad energy. And I I think he's hot. Yeah, he's like old dad, but like cool and liberal. Yeah. Yeah, which, My you know, there's nothing hotter there. Um, and then <laughs> we have kind of like two of these like cable kind of fringe late night hosts so we have trevor noah and john oliver who are on kind of these like specialty networks um which i think they create amazing um amazing content amazing interviews but they're not typically seen by a lot of people but i know john oliver wins like every emmy every year he really does yeah i i i think that trevor noah and john oliver those are the shows that i I haven't in a while. I mean, I think Trevor Noah's already stepped away from yeah. The Daily Show. Um, but when that was on and last week tonight with John Oliver, those are shows that I would sit down and like watch the full. I mean, I think they're like 30 minutes, but I would sit down and watch all of those because I feel like 
when you see those clips on YouTube, you're just like, oh, this is, they are just so well written that you just know that the rest of the show is going to be amazing. And they're mm-hmm. such like Trevor Noah, especially is a really great interviewer, I think. Yeah. And so those I'll just I'll sit down and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Trevor Noah's uh, conversations and of course his like commentary and point of view. Also his book is so good. Trevor Noah's book. Um, highly recommend anyone. Oh, read. It. It's like about his life and, and he's lived a pretty, pretty crazy life. Um, yeah. So kind of like with those like fringe cable hosts, cause it's like, they're not really late night, right? Cause you can kind of watch it anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently obsessed with, Z-Way. Z-Way is a talk show on Showtime um, where this woman named Z-Way started on um, YouTube and then on Instagram Live with a show called Baited where she engaged kind of like semi-problematic people in conversations about race and just like got people like to kind of like expose themselves. So like she had... um, uh, what's like, like Caroline Calloway. She had um, the girl from the original Bling Ring. Um, she had Alyssa Milano was on it, which was really funny um, on like the Instagram live. And then during COVID, they gave her a show on Showtime. And it is some of the funniest editing writing in the world. Her first guest is um, Fran Lebowitz. And it's like, emphasizing like the awkwardness of having to interview Fran Leibowitz. She interviewed, um, 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 who is the guy who ran for president Yang? What's his first name? Andrew. Yes. So she interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. She interviewed Andrew Yang. Um, and one of the hilarious things is that she asked like, who's your favorite rapper? And he said, Jay Z. And so Z way is like, okay, what's your favorite Jay Z song? And he named a song that Jay-Z was featured on from Linkin Park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, God. not good. But it's like things like that of like, she really wants to like bait people. It's so funny. I highly recommend watching. I think you oh would love it. I've never heard of yeah. that. I'm a phony. But I don't have Ugh, Showtime. It's so good. Come I don't on. have show- So I, yeah. I used to have Showtime. You just watch clips. And then when I... I, when I watch Z-Way and Yellow Jackets, I uh, shut it off. Mm. And now I'm waiting for <laughs> Z-Way season to finish. And then I'll get it again, do like a free trial and watch it. Because I'm not paying for that. I love it. Yeah. You got to cheat the system. You um, and then also another show that I really enjoyed was Hassan Minhaj, Minhaj's show. Um, just because it was kind of like a... Every episode was like about a specific topic and then you learned about specific topics mm-hmm. and he's very tall and he was nice to look at and had big <laughs> hair. And so that was really fun. That got canceled. Um, and then I believe like some like things came out about him that was like not great. But um, that's kind of like the wheelhouse of like the late night that like I've been watching. Yeah, I, you know, I, I remember like when John Stewart was hosting the Daily Show, mm-hmm. I feel like back in that era and even now i feel like there were just like old farts who would complain about you know younger people getting their news from those kinds of shows Mm -hmm. and i think that that is a terrible like argument i think that if that's how you want to get your news like it's good because you're 
getting the news and then you're getting a smart person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't like when people are like, oh, those, you know, like there shouldn't be shows about current events or politics. But I think that those are some of the best ones. And sometimes you just like we have, I, I, as much as I would love it to all be fun and games and silly, like I think we need shows that like touch on icky topics. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's where I kind of feel like the conversation of like diversity in like the late night um, conversation like needs to happen because obviously you're having all these like really intense things happening in the world, but you're kind of really only getting like a like specific perspective on all of it. Um, it's like, what, what do you make, what do you make of that? And like, who would you love to see kind of enter into like the late night space, either in like gender diversity, racial diversity, um, like identity diversity, like like what do you, what do you think? What, what do you think would work? Well, it's crazy because I feel like there. I feel like Amber Ruffin is like so so mm-hmm. talented and so good, and she yes. is a very smart black woman, and she does like such a great job with her show. But I think it's just, I think part of it is like the late night talk show landscape slowly just declining like I don't think in 20 years we'll Mm -hmm. have as many shows as we have now because people just Mm -hmm. aren't gonna watch you know the full length thing and they just want TikToks or just YouTube videos Um, and so I feel like there are people that people like her who do a really great job but they just aren't seen because her show is on Peacock I don't have Peacock I'll just like watch it on YouTube and it just it's nice that like some networks are giving women women of color these platforms but they're just like you know and they're also just like never as heavily promoted as Mm -hmm. all the dudes are so it's yeah it's kind of a bummer yeah i feel like that was the problem and i know there are like tiktoks about this with the whole um with lily singh in her show um, so they mm-hmm. gave her a late night talk show and was like, she was being heralded as like the first like woman of color for like a major late night show. But what they did is they really just tried to fit her into this box of like what Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and uh, all of these other people do, which is not like her personality. And so the show ultimately fell super flat, was not really seen by anyone and was barely promoted. Um, Mm-hmm. But what's so interesting is that I feel like going back to like our daytime conversation, um, like I've never seen more promotion for like Drew Barrymore or like Kelly Clarkson or even like the Jennifer Hudson yes. show for like any yeah. daytime show. It's like I feel like it's all marketing, like they're marketing that so heavily, which is so interesting because I do feel like. Drew would be actually a fantastic late night host as well. I think Kelly Clarkson would be a fantastic late night host as well. Um, Jennifer Hudson would be great, Uh, but they're relegated to this like daytime quote unquote, like flowery um, uh, talk shows when um, I don't know the clips that I see of the Drew Barrymore show are some of the funniest things I see because it's kind of in the realm of Craig Ferguson where she just has like a tone and she does what she wants to do. She just interviewed Allison Williams as Megan. Um, and it was the funniest thing because her contacts were falling out and she was trying to do this high voice and it was just weird. And so I feel like that energy could work in late night, but people are like relegating it towards daytime only. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Drew Barrymore is really fun. And I really love Kelly Clarkson. I was just watching Mm -hmm. um, a clip of her interviewing Hilary Duff. And I feel like the the social media like promotion that they do is also really good because Hillary's talking about how much she loves Kelly Clarkson and then Kelly Clarkson, mm-hmm. same thing. Like I feel like Kelly Clarkson especially is just so, so open and honest. And she's like, I love this person. I want to be their best friend. And then they just have these like very genuine talks on the couch. And it kind of like Seth Meyers, it just feels like she's not really following this like script or like trying to hit certain notes who's just like asking as a human being and i feel like that would do great you know during late night even though people aren't watching late night at night anymore like yeah they should just exactly shows. yeah i mean kelly clarkson talk about she's working so hard on that show she like sings a song at the beginning of like every show or like the end of every show called kelly Oki. Yeah. she's like belting out these songs she interviews, she plays games, she like does all the social media stuff. She is working her damnedest and doing it all amazingly. I mean, Kelly Clarkson, hello, like one of the greatest singers of our generation. Um, and then her. she's also um, just like this media mogul. The, the thing that Giovanni and I always uh, laugh about and kind of like champion about Kelly Clarkson is that in every single outfit that she has, um, it's always cinched with a huge belt. It's like um, if you think back to like two thousand like five six fashion era, it was like the baby doll dress with like a huge chunky like wrestling belt. Um, and oh, Kelly remember. Clarkson has like kept that going. Um, and I, I often cite the big belt trend um, is most prominent in the Devil Wears Prada. Um, because the fashion in Devil Wears Prada kind of like um, stands the test of time. It's timeless fashion, except for except for like the width of the belts. It's they just get bigger and bigger, and it's like ah no, that's definitely like an early two thousands. But hey, Kelly Clarkson is really trying to keep the big belt alive. It works for her. She does. She does it well. Does I couldn't do it. She does it. I know. And to belt those notes in a big belt, that is to belt with a belt. Come on. She's belted in a belt. She's belted in a belt. Come on. All right, Bridget. Are you ready for a little bit of a game? Oh my God. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. We play a game every week and you'll be amazing at this one because of your beautiful, creative, hilarious mind. So, we often hear about like the daytime wars, the late night wars. So this game is called Late Night Wars. And what has happened is that uh, the war has broken out among all these late night shows and daytime shows. And so I'm going to give you a, a late night show and a daytime show. And you have to tell me who would win in a battle between the two. And that can be a physical battle. It can be a comedy battle. It can be a battle of who has the thickest belt. It can be whatever you want. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm ready. So first, we're starting with our two titans here. So a little late night war between Conan O'Brien and Tyra Banks. What's the outcome? Ooh, they're both so tall. I know. I know. <laughs> That's really evil that you would put them together. I mean, mm-hmm. my mind says Tyra, but my heart says Conan. I think Conan could. Uh, I think Conan could take her. 
I think Conan I'm could sorry, like she's your favorite. <laughs> uh, well, I think Conan could like outrun <laughs> her, like just with like the long mm-hmm. strides. Like I feel like Conan's a bit of like a gazelle and will like run uh-huh. fright frightenly. But I don't know. I have to think the Tyra Banks would like with like her like weave flip and like some like mesmerizing eyes would like just like take him down. Like stomp on him with his stiletto. Yeah, which you take know, Con- you know, Conan quick. would like that though. You know, Conan would like that. I know. All right, it made me tired. <laughs> it would be a fun thing to watch. Our our necks would be craned upward um, because we would be looking to the heavens to see them <laughs> they would be. fight because they're so tall. Okay, great, great. <laughs> All right, the next we have kind of two political political like battles happening. So Stephen Colbert versus the Ladies of the View. Oh my gosh! I know, I know. I'd, I'd say Stephen Colbert, not just because he's so unbelievably hot, <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes those ladies don't do it for me. Yeah, there's, there's too many of them. They're sometimes they're all just kind of saying the same thing. But Stephen would just like get right to the point. I think yeah. he'd take all of them out. Yeah, I think that the ladies of the view would have trouble coming to a consensus about how to win this battle. Um, and Stephen yeah. Colbert would have the facts, and so he would win. Agreed. All right. Um, okay, these next two I just thought were funny together. There's no actual correlation. Um, Jimmy Kimmel versus Wendy Williams. Oh my gosh, Wendy Williams. <laughs> Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams could take anybody out. She'll take Conan out. She'll take Tyra Oh man, Wendy Williams for sure. <laughs> yeah, Wendy is like pretty savage, not just I mean basically like verbally. Um but she's so um I feel like always teetering. She's like very top heavy with like tiny legs yeah. that I feel like she could just like crush anyone including Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. 100%. He wouldn't stand a chance. Mm-mm. No, he would cower in fear of her. All right, so a couple more. Um, yeah, two people we were just talking about who kind of have similar interviewing styles. Seth Meyers versus Kelly Clarkson. How dare you? I know, I know. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You know what? I didn't create this war. Yes, yes I did. Yes, I did. These are your questions. <laughs> I have to say Kelly Clarkson because she mm. could belt out a song and those sound waves would just knock Seth right yeah. off his beautiful feet. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think Seth would happily um happily accept that fate. He would bow down. He would, he I would think ask so. for it. I think he'd be like, You're a Kelly Clarkson, um, I'm not worthy type of situation. That's fair. I would do the same. I'm not All worthy. Right. All right. All right. Our last is um two yeah, two actors, actresses turned hosts. We have James Corden versus Drew Barrymore. Kind of the current day battle of good versus evil. Definitely Drew Barrymore. Good, good always yeah, wins. I think so. Yeah, I think the good would win. Yeah, she would do. So um, you made us, me and Giovanni, watch, watch Puss in Boots. And I feel like Giovanni, or not Giovanni, I feel like Drew Barrymore would do the Puss in Boots eyes, like the cat eyes of like really cute distraction. And then James Corden would be like mesmerized, and then just Drew would take him out with her quirkiness. I think that's a really good comparison. <laughs> I agree. She is an adorable kitty cat. 
She is. Oh, she is with that like beautiful red hair too, or like brown hair too. Oh my God. We love her. We love her. Um, so in this kind of battle, it seems like we're a little 50-50 of late night versus daytime. Um, as a oh. whole, who do you think wins in the battle, daytime or late night, holistically? I mean, it sounds like daytime. <laughs> I know. I, I, I think there's a, res- a bit of a resilience with daytime because you have to get up so early to, like, do a cooking segment. <laughs> um and you have to like entertain all of America as they're like getting ready for work. Um, yeah. Whereas, like, also, also, all these badass women. You know, I'm always going to pick badass women over a bunch of pasty white guys. I know. I do love white guys, though. I shouldn't, <laughs> I but I love them. <laughs> I know. There's so many of them, and they're so great. <laughs> well, you love your lanky, pasty Conan O'Brien. I really do. Ugh. All right. Well, so in in this war. I'm picking daytime and you're you're betting with me. I, I think I have to. Especially right. because Conan isn't on late night anymore. I feel like a yeah. little safer yeah. saying that. So yeah, I mean it's it's wild because again, I've never I've never seen Drew Barrymore or Kelly Clarkson like on a TV, like sitting down at four PM. Yeah, but no. They rock. They really rock. I will say Kelly Clarkson went through the whole American Idol gauntlet and Drew Barrymore went through hell in her early years. So both of them have been through some shit and could take down like Jimmy Kimmel. That's for sure. (laughs) Like any of them. Well, I will say that there have been a few times where Jimmy Kimmel will have like a guest host. (gasps) Oh, that's true. Jennifer Lawrence was like one of the most like popular. I think that's cool. And I, yeah let drew and kelly just kind of try it out to (gasps) see if it works that would be great (laughs) i love jennifer lawrence hosting that show oh that was so good didn't um didn't like shaquille o'neal host the show as well i know there's an interview of him like interviewing mila kunis which is the funniest combination of gigantic shaquille o'neal with tiny mila kunis teeny tiny yeah teeny tiny that i need to see i'll send it to you and, and, and anyone listening, Please. watch the clip of Shaquille O'Neal talking to Mila Kunis. It's just a really funny match of two people who otherwise would never be in the same room. Well, I love that game. And now we know if a war breaks out, um, we all can flock to daytime TV. Um, and so, Bridget, we are wrapping up this little potty cast. But what? Uh, I know. I know. Well, we'll have to have you come back and you can talk even more about Conan O'Brien. And so I have a weekly segment where I ask our guests what they're obsessed with in a segment called Guest Obsessed. So Bridget Vega, what have you been obsessed with recently? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, so many things. I think Mm -hmm. I'm an obsessive person, so I fall in love with it all. I mean, you know that AMC A-list will always be a top obsession. Mm-hmm. I still have the one slot this week. I got to figure out what I'm going to put in there. <laughs> what am I watching? What are we watching? What are we watching? Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. Um, the Last of Us, I got to say, I am yeah. equally obsessed with. It's um, based on a video game. And I there's The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. And The Last of Us Part 2, the game came out during the pandemic and I started playing it, but it's very dark and I stopped Mm. at a very, very big moment in the game and then just never picked it up again. And since the show started, I'm like, 
Okay. And it just got renewed for a second season, even though they're just like three episodes in. So mm -hmm. I've been sitting down and I'm replaying. I'm starting over. I'm basically beginning the second game. <laughs> I never really got that far into it. So I don't mm -hmm. know how the whole story ends. I'm nervous, but playing a lot of video games. Got a lot of free time on my hands. I know, which is so great because I feel like um, you've been a major influence to me and Giovanni of like culture um, of like movies we need to watch, like games we have to play. Um, and I will say, Bridget, you uh, just a couple of days ago had a major influence on me in that. So we went to see um, we went to see what do we see together? Women talking. And um, mm -hmm. after we saw that, uh, we went to Taco Bell. Now, Bridget, you are a huge Taco Bell fan, and I have never, I had never been to Taco Bell until a one Miss Bridget Vega. And that is one of the biggest honors of my life. I think <laughs> I, I think sitting in a Taco Bell in Burbank, California, with you is where I've like peaked. I'll never really mm -hmm. go anywhere else after mm -hmm. this. Um, yeah, it was that, that is an obsession. I, I have a, I have a weird relationship with Taco Bell where like once it's in my head, I have to get it like three days in a row and <laughs> we went and then the next day I went again and I had a gift card that Giovanni gave me. And yes. so I was like, this isn't bad for me financially, but I'm just like, I, it's just like the ultimate comfort food. People love mm -hmm. food that their mom makes. I'm just like, get me that chicken quesadilla and, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm so happy you went and so sad you'll never go again. I know. I didn't have the best reaction to it. Um, but <laughs> I think what, and we just talked about this, the thing that I had a negative with you find to be a huge positive, which is how wet everything is. <laughs> it's soggy. It just like melts in your mouth, just slides down your throat. <laughs> you could, oh my God. So good. I don't want to crunch anywhere. I want it to be wet. <laughs> yeah, wetter the better, which, you know, is going to be on my tombstone when I end up going. Um, yeah, and with that, <laughs> with that, I do want to thank you, Bridget, so much for coming on to this wet, wet podcast. Um, oh, yes, Bridget, what? I have, I have one more thing I, I should have added because if if I was okay. listening to this, I would come find me and punch me in the face for not mentioning this. Um, <gasps> okay, but we great. left out Samantha B. Did you ever <gasps> watch Full Frontal with Samantha B? I was adjacently on um, an episode of Samantha B because she did a segment. Excuse on, me. A, very adjacent. I, I helped work on a segment, which was she was doing something for New York Fashion Week because it was um, Men's Fashion Week. And I was interning at the time for a designer named Robert Geller. And she came to his showroom to um, do like a little bit with him about male models and be funny. And so adjacently i like helped like put together looks for that shoot and stuff like that so adjacently i was on that show she is so funny so funny i can't believe you weren't gonna tell me any of that <laughs> well i completely forgot up until what, now what an honor for you she is so great and something that i love about her that i i feel like i read this a long time ago and i 
definitely don't remember the numbers, but when they were staffing the show with writers, Mm -hmm. they had this like blind submission process. Mm. So they didn't get any names. They didn't get any John Mm. Smith. Like they just looked at like the writing packets and hired based on that. And because they did that, I mean, I, again, don't know the percentages, but they got a mostly women writers Mm -hmm. and a lot of people of color. Like I think the, whatever white men that they hired to be on this team, like they were the minority in the room, Yeah, which I think is so cool to just, yeah, of course. you know, we're going to hire people based on their freaking work. Great. Oh, I love that. And, but I feel like where Samantha B fell like off the mainstream is that she was on like TBS, right? Like, and so I feel like if she had been <laughs> like put, <laughs> I know if she had been put on like one of these major networks, she would still be on the air today. Cause that show was so funny oh my god it was so well written so funny um and their emmy campaigns were always so funny um i i loved that show and but i also completely forgot about it i know yeah i I feel like pairing she would come on after conan and i feel Mm -hmm. like that certainly helped yeah i think that i think that those two audiences are very similar um, but yeah, it it is a bummer because I feel like her, Lily Singh, like those shows just kind of like, they just kind of end and there isn't yeah. always like this huge uproar. It's just like, yeah, we're done. We're just yeah. sad. Well, hopefully Bridget. Glad we could know. end on a sad note. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, thanks for having me. With that amazing, uplifting, positive note, I do want to thank you, Bridget, for coming on to um, my little podcast here and talking endlessly about this obsessive topic that you have. Um, Before we go, do you have anything that you want to promote social media-wise or get out there into the world? Um, Well, I'd love to promote hydration. Yes. I think people need to be drinking more water. Mm -hmm. I think eight glasses a day is not enough. We Mm. should be doing eight gallons a day before (laughs) 8 Mm -hmm, mm a.m. Drink more water, chomp on some ice. Um, But no, I... The only I only live on the internet on Letterbox. <laughs> you still need to follow me, Adam, because it's a great app. I will. I will. I only recently thing. got on it. Okay. All right. That's fine. But yeah, it's just uh, Letterbox.com/slash Bridget Vega. <laughs> yes. And I'll, I'll say like one thing about a movie that's not riveting at all, but it's just me <laughs> throwing up my thoughts. Yes, and then you'll follow um, what Bridget and I are watching and using our AMC um, AMC app for. Yes. Ugh. There you go. So good. And for anyone listening to this podcast, I just want to make sure that you know that you should follow us on Instagram and TikTok at omdqpod. That's omdqpod. And let us know in the comments what you're obsessed with. Also, please feel free to leave a rating and review on anywhere you get your podcasts because it really helps us out. All right, Bridget, this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming and bye. Bye.